Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. So glad to have you along today as we get into the word of God, talk about it and pray about it and allow it to change our lives. The Sea of Galilee is one of my favorite spots in the land of Israel. It's one of the favorites because sometimes as you go there, you experience things. A lot happened on the Sea of Galilee. It was here that Jesus called his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, he said. It was here that he showed his ability to provide as he uh, gave a tremendous catch of fish, more than once that he told them, cast your nets on the other side, and he provided all that they needed. It was here that he calmed the storm and the sea. He calmed the raging winds and the waves. The Sea of Galilee, there's mountains on the eastern side, and winds come over there, and it's possible that huge storms and huge waves get stirred up quickly, unexpectedly, and, and you're not seeing them coming. And suddenly, you can be out on that, that sea, evidently, and I've never been there when this happens, but it can be quite rough seas and quite dangerous as I understand it. Actually, the Sea of Galilee is not like a huge sea. We might just call it a, a lake. It's not as big as the Great Lakes here in America, but it is a place where Jesus did so many amazing things. I, I forgot one here. He restored Peter at the Sea of Galilee. Remember, Peter denied the Lord three times, denied he even knew him, swore with an oath, I don't even know him. But later after the resurrection, it was at the Sea of Galilee where Jesus restored Peter, asking Peter, do you love me? And Pete, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus, Jesus was restoring his soul after such a tremendous failure, denying him the way he did. And Peter, of course, as we know, went on to be mightily used of God. God can use our failures if we respond properly. God can use our greatest defeats, and they can be known as our greatest victories. This is one thing that's interesting about the Bible, is it not? The great heroes of the Bible, um, their stories, their failures are not hidden. When we go to Israel and we study the life of Jesus, it has been amazing to me how often the life of Peter comes up. And Peter, of course, was used mightily by God and has tremendous honor in the New Testament. But, oh my goodness, did he have a big big failures. Denying the Lord, Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. You're setting your mind on man's interest, not God's. And we're about to see another one here. My favorite story from the Sea of Galilee has to do with a storm that had occurred. Jesus had told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. He'd just done, done some miracles. He'd done a, fed the 4,000, 5,000. 5, I forget which one it was with the loaves and fish. He went up into the mountains to pray, and he told the disciples to go to the other side. Well, as they were sailing to the other side, the storm came up. And it was the middle of the night. It was late at night, actually, the fourth watch, it says. And when it came up, we read this. In Matthew 14, the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he, Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. Well, you'd be terrified too, wouldn't you? I mean, you're out in a boat on the sea and suddenly here comes someone walking? 
and it's windy and waves, and you can't quite see exactly who this is, it would be terrifying. They thought, what in the world? But Jesus, they, they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. And then Peter, who you got to love the guy, Peter says something that to me is one of the most, I, why in the world did he say this? I hope I would never say anything like, like this. What does he say? Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now just think here, they're out in the waters, the, the waves and the wind, and it's dangerous, and they're fishermen, and they know what a dangerous sea is, looks like, and the sea is dangerous, and here comes this figure, and they think it might be a ghost, and the voice comes, no, it don't worry, it's take courage, it's me, and Peter says, yeah, right, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. I mean, just stop and think, what if it really was a ghost? <laughs> what if it really wasn't Jesus? Why would Peter say such a thing? And Jesus answered him, come. Oh my goodness, now he, now what does he do? He's thinking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking whether it's Jesus or whether it's some, I'm imagining this or a ghost or whatever it is, and it says, come. If it's not, I mean, I'm about to step out of a boat. A step out of a boat into the raging waters. I might think of this. So Jesus says, come. So what's Peter do? And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. He did it. He was walking on water. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, again, I don't know what you would think about this. Jesus rebukes him here. Why did you doubt? I would say, uh, because I was walking on water. Because, of, I mean, I've never done that before. I've never known of anyone else to ever do it besides you, and you're the son of God. I could see why he would doubt. But Jesus said, you have little, why did you doubt? He reproved him. And I, my mind goes to several areas here. Number one, I think he reproved him because Jesus had some pretty high goals and aspirations for Peter. He didn't want Peter to be a man of little faith. He knew that he, he saw leadership. He saw potential in Peter. And he was going to bring out the best in him. And sometimes that meant confronting him, challenging, reproving him, admonishing him. Peter, you man of little faith, you're supposed to be walking on water. And I think that must have, uh, how in the world did Peter take that? Were his feelings hurt? Did he stop and think, I just walked on water? Did he think, yeah, I did doubt. I'm not going to doubt again. What, what must have been going through his mind? But keep in mind, Jesus had big plans for him. Folks, sometimes if it seems like God is bringing trials and difficulties and refinement and reproofs into your life, it might be because God has big plans for you. Sometimes we, we just think, well, does God love me? You know, what, why is he doing all this? It might be 
because God has something big planned for you and he's got to train you and prepare you to do what he's got in store for you. Don't despise the discipline of God. Don't despise the reproofs of the Lord. And as it says in Hebrews, don't take it lightly. If God is training you in your life, you better focus on it. You better think about it. You better realize what's God doing. Don't just say, uh, dismiss it as if it's unimportant. God is trying to teach you a lesson. If you learn that lesson, God's going to take you places you may have never thought of before and do things in and through you you may have never considered. Consider carefully when God brings disciplines in your life. What is he trying to do? But the other thing I want to say here about Peter, he kind of gets, you know, reproved here or he, he sank. But never forget this. He got out of the boat. The other 11 didn't. The other 11 were sitting in the boat. Now, they might have said, I wasn't dumb enough to say, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out and walk on the water. That what I don't know. That wasn't the smartest thing, I don't think, for Peter to say. But when Jesus said, come, Peter got out of the boat. He stepped out. He took a step of faith. Did he fail? Did he begin to sink? Yes. But he walked on water, and Jesus trained him to be a mighty, mighty man through that act of courage shall we say, stepping out of his comfort zone. I don't know about you, but if I'm out in the sea, it's a lot more comfortable to be on the boat than to be stepping out of the boat. And all the other disciples stayed back in their comfort zone on the boat. But Peter stepped out of the boat. He walked toward Jesus. I've often thought, you know, in my own life, I've I've thought that this whole area of security, I, I think in terms of of like climbing a tree and picking fruit out of a tree. I love to climb trees. When I was younger, I loved to climb trees. And you know, the most secure, if you're up in a tree, the most secure place is near the trunk. But the fruit is out, out on the ends of the limbs. And if you're going to want to get the fruit, pick the fruit, you've got to risk getting out on the limb where it's not as secure and it might you know, look like you could fall. And if you get out and you're going for that fruit, here's what I've discovered, my friends, that when someone leaves the security of clinging onto the trunk and they go out to get the fruit and they fall, that branch breaks, God catches them. God delights someone who's willing to get out of their comfort zone, take a risk to gain more fruit. Jesus said, by this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. And I have just found in life that someone willing to go after great fruit for God, God, that catches God's eye. God won't, God, you may fail and you might, the branch may break and you might be falling and it might be scary. But if you're doing that, our God's going to catch you. He's going to make sure that that your pursuit of his glory, he's got your back. That's the God we have. It might seem like you're fallen and it might seem scary, but he'll have your back. Father in heaven, we thank you today for this stunning example of getting out of the boat, out of our comfort zone, going out on the limb where the fruit is, so that we might bring you much glory. I think of Peter and this example and he walked on water. Father, hallelujah. 
I've never done that. I don't know anyone else who's ever done it. He walked on water. And yes, yes, after a bit, he took his eyes off Jesus. He looked at the circumstances. He looked at the winds and the waves, and he got scared, and he began to sink. And Jesus, you saved him. You didn't let him sink. Peter didn't drown that day. Rather, you made him a man of greater faith, a man who did things no one else has done except you. Thank you, Father, for the way you work in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness and for your reproofs. Thank you that you lead us with your, with a staff that sometimes comforts us and sometimes brings us a discipline. Oh, Father, make us more and more into the men and women you want us to be. Help us when you call us to pursue some mission, some goal for your glory, fruit for you that requires us to get out of the boat or climb out on the limb or get out of our comfort zone that we'd be willing to follow and trust you and keep our eyes on you. So even if we do begin to sink, you will rescue us. We thank you. We bless you. Might we learn even this very day? Are you calling us something this day? I pray that we would know from you. We bless you. We love you. We worship you. Just like the disciples afterwards, when 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 they saw you what they worshipped you and said, "Who is this? He walks on water. He calms the storm, the sea, even the winds and the sea obey him." Jesus, we declare you truly are the Son of God. We bless you. Thank you that you walk with us by your Holy Spirit, just as you did with them. We praise you in Jesus' name. Give you praise. Amen. Amen. And amen. I get real excited when I think about this story and this place, the Sea of Galilee. I mentioned earlier that you know that we're in this series, my favorite spots in, in, in Israel, and one of my favorite spots is indeed the Sea of Galilee. It's it's experiential. It's like you experience God there. So I'd like to invite you if you are interested at all in going to Israel, you've thought about it. Check go to my website, TomThePreacher.com. Click on the Israel icon. Check it out. Now here's some good news. Israel no longer has any vaccine mandate. They don't even have a testing, a COVID testing mandate to go there. If you've wondered about traveling internationally and you're afraid of the COVID restrictions, basically Israel's taken them all off. So if there's any interest, you can go. Check out our website, tomthepreacher.com. Click the Israel icon and, and looks for some information. July 15th is our early bird registration discount deadline. Make sure you get there if you, if you, uh, by then, if you're interested. So God bless you. Thanks for being along. We're here every day, 8.30 a.m. I hope you join me. If you're new, come back again. If you're here every day, I love you. Be a daily Christian. Get in the Word of God every day. We need to be inspired, encouraged, edified, and strengthened every day in the world in which we live. That's why we're here. I hope we're a blessing to you. So God bless you. And until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord strengthen you, give you courage, and make you, might you and I be men and women of great faith Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.